Welcome to Off Market, a look at the Perth property market from the people who are working in the trenches. Join me, Shane Beaumont, Ross Hunter, and a special guest each fortnight as we dissect the latest property news and break down what's really happening in the different pockets of Perth. If you'd rather watch, you can find us on our Facebook page at Crib Creative Perth. Enjoy. Welcome to Off Market, the show where we shoot the shiz about all things property related in Perth. Today we've got unlucky number episode 13. Mm-hmm. So you ready? Lucky. Yeah, no. So We're going to make it lucky? Yeah. Top floor of an apartment. Top floor of an apartment. We've got great triplets, so it's got to be a lucky day. That's it. Yeah. So as usual, <laughs> welcome back to our golden gavel, Ross Hunter. And golden our, gavel? And have our, gavel will travel. Have gavel. And our golden gosnels, Shane yeah. Beaumont. Well, I don't get there as much as I like these days. I'm all over the place, but going all right. That's all right. That's all right. So as the boys mentioned, we are here, level 33 of the incredible View Tower, thanks to Finbar. Um, and earlier, before the boys arrived, I got Cherry Lee from Real Estate 88 to show me around. We're going to quickly have a look. So Cherry, we're up here at the incredible level 33 at View Tower with some beautiful views. Um, tell me, when was the project finished? View Tower by FIMBA was completed in 2019. We still have a limited selection of apartments available for sale, what with one bedroom starting from 390,000 and the two bedrooms starting from 500,000. The fantastic entry-level pricing welcomes a range of buyers to enjoy the inner city lifestyle. So, Terry, tell us about View Tower. What makes this development so different from all of the other stock that's selling in the city at the moment? View Tower enjoys a fantastic inner city position, close to a range of the new planned inner city projects. Uh, you can enjoy the views of Swan River, Perth City, Burswood, Optus Stadium and Matagara Ridge. And what can buyers expect from a Finbar product? Buyers always know Finbar are famous delivering the quality uh, apartments with a modern design finishes, uh, many green features to ensure lower energy costs. And Finbar always ensure the apartment livability is maximized with uh, living open spaces, large balconies, and lots of natural light, and excellent resort style facilities and also always in the most sort of the inner city locations. Well, Terry Lee from Real Estate 88, thank you so much for your time. The wind is picking up out here, so we're gonna head back inside and enjoy the Sky Lounge. Let's go. Such an incredible spot right in the heart of the city. We've brought the views again, guys, for you today. It's getting better and better, isn't it? I know, I know. There are still a couple of apartments available here, so if you do want some more information, get in touch with the team at Real Estate 88. We're straight into Under the Hammer. Just one thing, you can park on Plain Street (laughs) and you have a three hour window to do that. Three hours till 4.15, mate. <laughs> she didn't say, I think it was eight to six, but three hours. So the, the tow truck parking starts is, to circle, you know that. Yeah, they, they, they are, I could see them, <laughs> sitting on the horizon. But we thought you were going to get towed, but it like wasn't vultures. They, just, they, they are, are they, mate. Ready to go. Ready to go. Sorry. Okay, Got lucky. Jess. Anyway. Anyway. Back under to the you, hammer, Jess. Roscoe. Yeah, under the hammer. Yeah, it's a really interesting space, Jess. Um, as I mentioned the other week, you know, it's sort of, it's probably, not probably, it is the best auction market I've seen in all my years back in WA. Um, and yet the auctions are a low ebb. Now, there's a couple of reasons for it. The auctions that are being booked um, are selling 
um, prior to mm -hmm. and with unbelievable prices. Like, remember the other week we mentioned Julie Fairclough from Real Market in Dunsborough yeah. mm. had that property that hit the Finn Review, got a yeah. great result. Well, you know, give Julie another shout out because mm. she's doing a great job. She had a, an auction book with me for a couple of weeks down near Eagle Bay. I can't quite remember the, it was an unusual name. You're spewing, aren't you? Yeah, 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 I am, mate, I am. And it's a beautiful property, absolutely magnificent. Um, and within a week, it was gone. Can yeah. I ask, for non-auction agents or for sellers who are thinking about auctioning, yeah. you've got obviously your um, the starting price. Yeah. And then... Or potentially no price. Or yeah. potentially no yeah. price. Yeah. But at what point is the price you're being offered good enough to say, we're not going to take it to auction? Look, it's, I guess it, there's no exact science around that, Jess, but I often say to people that ask my advice, to say, try and simulate the auction thing. Say, if this was the auction right now and this was the highest bid, how would you feel? And mm. if you feel as though this was the auction, that was the highest bid, and you go, wow, that's, that's an amazing result, mm. then there's your answer. Mm. Mm -hmm. But if you have to go, oh, I'm not sure you've got to think about it, then there's also your answer. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I find mm. that's a really sort of clear-cut way to try and put yourself in that position to say whether you should or you shouldn't do it. If, it, if, if it's a no-brainer, um, you know, at the end of the day, it, it is what it is. But, mm -hmm. um, yeah, there's, it's, we are definitely, mm. you know, there's a lot of pressure on the, on the market, so there's a lot of people wanting to... We're in a buyer versus buyer market, so mm. the buyers are competing, and we, you know, that's that's where the market's at. It's frustrating for me because I go, oh my god, how how and, good. and a weekend down south. Yeah, exactly. I had Dan's right all yeah. lined up. Thanks, Julie. Um, but at the end of the day, um, you know, you don't play God with somebody yeah. else's money. One I thing, um, it's a really good question you raised there because people go, what's the point of going to auction if it potentially doesn't go to auction? It's still that process which we've spoken about. But one thing you'll find. If you've got a property that the buyers are emotionally in love with, mm. there's a different price that data can't factor in. Mm. And the best way I describe that to a lot of my owners who watch the block and everything sells on the block for record prices. But mm. the best way I could describe it is if you had a ball coming up in two weeks' time and you saw a pair of shoes, you must buy them because you have a ball or a wedding. For me, it would be the Friday night before. You would. Yes. So, because you're an emotional buyer. <laughs> so, you can't yeah. wait for them to go on sale. Yeah. You have to buy them that price mm. because yeah. you've got a function. Best way to describe it is if you like their shoes, but you've got nothing coming up, you're in lockdown, but they'd be nice to wear later. Well, there's a different price for you. Mm. Which buyer are we chasing? Clearly the emotional buyer. So you can't find that data and honestly look them in the eye and say, this is the max it's going to go because you haven't been in the position of that buyer that's missed out on four or five properties, mm. been outbid, um, put offers in and missed out again. The kids starting school in X amount of weeks. So we can't really say that this is the maximum price. So yeah. by having such a transparent, I guess, method of doing it. Yeah. At least you can say, well, if there was someone there, they would have been there on the day. Yeah. Which and is, is there a factor of, well, if this buyer's willing to pay enough to take it mm. off the market, definitely. then... Because you're, you're paying it like... You're paying a premium. Standing on from what Shane said, like a lot of properties are sold at what we call an emotional value. Mm. People connect with the property from an emotional perspective mm -hmm. and that, that's where value is, is ascertained. When we take people through a competitive environment, we take them through... A couple of other phases, which is a bit of ego. Certainly in an mm. auction where you see a bit of ego, you know, I win, you lose, a bit of a face-off type thing. It does happen. Um, but then where we see a property sell for a particular price, we go, wow, that sold for that. It's because of fear of loss. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the auction's a perfect place to stipulate that because we go, mm. the property's going to be sold, you know, first call, second call, somebody else bids and we go from there. What Shane's saying, which is true, is um, that, that process is being simulated insofar as you've got people going, um, I've seen properties, I've missed out on a few, etc., etc., and th they engage with this property from an emotional point of view. However, 
to, to take the property out of the market, mm. they're paying a premium mm. to actually remove competition. Yeah. Yeah. That's what they're doing, which is a fear of loss. Yeah. So it's actually, it goes to that level. Yeah. Yeah. The two, three, two or three of the properties I sold this week both went first viewing as such, but it wasn't how long that property had been on the market. That buyer had missed out on two or three mm. Mm. and they had the battle scars to go, well, one, every agent says they've got interest. So mm. when you say there is other offers and you clearly present them, Sometimes they still don't believe you. Yeah, mm. yeah. Um, but to actually miss out and then they go, look, I know now, I stuffed around, my mum told me that it's a buyer's market, clearly it's not. And they come to that, I guess, price they need to take it off the market, but sometimes they need to go through that process of loss yeah. before they realise. And I assume that, more and more of them will do. At, definitely, you know, definitely, at the moment, yeah, it's yeah. gonna happen more and more, so. Yeah. Um, very quickly, under the Hammer sales results, we wanted to talk mm. about the happiness report mm. that's come out this week from Rate My Agent, which we did cover in February when the Q1 results came out. Yeah. Yep. So we've got Q2. We're slightly happier in WA. So, yeah. The hardest thing is with this, and obviously I was interviewed on this interview, when you look at how they break it down, obviously it's in shires as opposed yeah. to suburbs. Yeah. Um, but a couple of there definitely stand out. You know they're doing quite well. Interesting, the Mandra one. Mandra's obviously all the Peel region. Um, you can really break that down to so many sections. So mm. I guess overall, when we look back when we had our last, I guess, report and, and happiness. Just to, just to tell people, it's mm. the satisfaction level of the seller yeah, after of the, the sale, outcome. Yeah, of the yeah. outcome. Not of the agent, uh, but of the actual, I guess, figure. Yeah. Mm. Um, and I think it's fair to say when COVID hit, we thought when ScoMo stood up and said, look, it's locked down for six months, People basically shut himself. Mm. Um, but we've bounced back really well. And I think you probably you could even confirm about stock levels. It's That's the driver. Like for the first time in a while, there hasn't been oversupply in Perth. Um, and you can actually say to someone, look, guys, yes, that one did go for that. But this one's here and that one's gone, mm. knowing that there might not be another one for a bit. Whereas for a while there, it was sort of, I guess, especially with apartments or villas or new developments, if you missed out on one, it sort of felt like, well, I'll just wait for the next one. Mm. Um, but it has tightened up. Would you Is agree? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. We never thought apartments would mm. would, uh, would would drop in supply, but they, they certainly have. Yeah. You um, talk to every um, mm. agent around town and every market you're in, seems like the supply has dropped. But I think the apartment market's probably the one that has probably come last. And Definitely, it's good yeah. to see the, the numbers drop. Mm -hmm. And I think on that, it's probably because we were expecting it to be pretty tough for some time. Mm. Um, over the last couple of years, some of those sites just haven't gone to ground. The construction wasn't happening. Mm. Um, so I guess two years back is probably an indication of where we're at now because they probably weren't confident where the market would be, mm. but um, there is definitely across the board an undersupply. What's the general, obviously we're in a very strange time right now with COVID, mm. but you guys have been in the market for a mm. long time, selling real estate for a long time. What's the general period where sellers start to go, well, stock's dropping and mm. buyers are coming into the market and so I'm going to hold out mm. this amount of time until prices start to rise. Is there like a, yeah. you know... I think at the moment, gen, like it is, if, again, I've spoken about this before, but if you took the negative equity out of the market, mm. it would be uh, the hottest market in Australia by far. Mm. I, reckon, I reckon it'd be the same conditions as what we went through in 2006, 2008, mm. because we're back below those levels in stock. Mm. But so many people, and again, I asked Brad, like you've seen that negative equity, people want to move, but they can't. Like they tried to sell today. They're like, well, I still owe more. I still owe. Take yeah. that out of the market mm. and you've got just, it's a frenzy. It mm. really is because those new buyers coming in are all over it, but they're not hamstrung mm. by what they've, they've purchased mm. before. Um, so I think at the moment, and I've, I've seen a lot of people say, actually, I've got a letter drop from your company in my letterbox this morning yeah. saying that you got a lot of stocks in 2014. Yeah, it's true. Um, it is. Unfortunately, the, 
the, I think the selling conditions are as hot as 2014. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, the price isn't there. Mm. Okay, we'll get there. We'll catch up. But also, just to add to that, there's also the thing too where people will want to sell, but they will also hold off in the fear they can't mm. replace it. Mm. Or they can't find something. Where do I go? You know, where do, yeah. if I sell, great, I get a premium. Where do I go? So yeah, okay. it is a bit of a perfect storm in some ways. And rental so. vacancies, what, what did you say oh. they are now? 1.8? 1.6. Lowest since 2008. Yeah. Yeah. We're averaging uh, around nine, I think it was nine calls a week from people. Not uh, Before everyone thought of people moving back. Mm. But I had a call from someone the other day who's actually an agent who's been employed as a buyer's rep. He's going to come over when lockdown's over. Mm. Fingers crossed, not far, but well, depending which way you look at it. Um, and he's actually moving five families over here. To he's been employed to get them into schools and get them right. basically in good areas, multicultural yeah. areas, what they're crested. So that's going to be pretty amazing. They're not expats. They're like people going, I see WA's a bright the future in WA. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Have you had much of that? I've had a call, I had a call last week from someone in Melbourne just asking, yep. can I get there? Yep. So I don't know, but obviously they're, they're thinking mm. about it. Yeah. That could become a cottage industry. Like how do you like get me to Perth? What's mm. the quickest, easiest way oh, to get me to Perth? Yes, it's, it's yeah. like the Mexican. We need the Mexican drug laws. We need them to con yeah. you know, to get people. Submarine. Like a, yeah. Yeah. Well, grab exactly. the same before. Anyway, no. Mm. No one can get in. So <laughs> go on. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about the situation in the city before. Yeah. yeah. And you were saying that the cops were saying it's quite bad at the moment because um, it's difficult. Drug drug supply into Perth is difficult, yeah. and so people are going through withdrawal. Yeah. Um, and so you know that could be a new new job for the drug dealers around. It's, clean, it's cleaning it up. Good on you, Jess. My thought process. Change your toes. Anyway, Jess, Jess gave me the warning pre-show, <laughs> Ross, behave yourself today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I sometimes shouldn't say in what I'm thinking in my head. Okay. So I'm Pab- just looking for next people's week, it'll be, job levels. Next week, it won't be Clive Palmer trying to get in. It'll be Pablo Escobar. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, moving on. The real press. We're going to move on okay, past good. that. Good. Uh, into the real press, we've got a couple of articles this week. The first is uh, from the Fin Review, East Coast Apartments Slump as WA Rises Again, mm. which is basically what we have just yeah. been talking yeah. about. Yeah, look, I, I, when I saw this article the other day, Jess, that's why I jumped all over it, because number one, how long is it since we've seen a title like that? Mm. You know, East Coast Apartments Slump and WA Rises Again. It's mm. like, we need to frame that. Unless it was West Coast. It's <laughs> yeah. only West Coast that says that about not. Yeah, yeah, exactly. West Coast, not <laughs> WA. Not so, real estate. But you look at these things, and it is very encouraging. And you, it, I think it's good to have a national perspective. You look at um, Melbourne and Sydney and so forth, they're looking at a contraction of 19% um, over there at the moment, which is which is really, really quite a big number. Quickly too. Yeah, very, very quickly. When you look at the detached homing market in WA is is looking to jump 23.7%, and which mm. is you know 13,320 this year. So that detached home market obviously also goes into um, you know the small lot type mm. thing and so forth. So you know you look at that, it's um, the pent up demand is huge, and then you back that into the other article which was in the Fin View, which goes on. Mm to what Shane was talking about the other week in relation to the land and the subsidies that were going on. Um, it's, you know, Nigel Sapperi in here is quoted as saying, is a lot of the, the building companies have actually maxed out their quotas yeah. and have stopped taking mm-hmm. um, any orders because they, they can't, the top 10 um, have capped their, their yeah. monthly sales. They yeah. can't, I know mm. a couple of great operators and they've been told, look, you're selling in essence too many homes, which yeah. is probably good in a way. Yeah. Because you've got to be able to deliver the product. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. all good taking orders, but if you yeah. can't yeah. deliver it. We actually have a very good operator coming on next week cool. to talk to us about that. Yeah. So, Just on that, we're talking about that ground. If you speak to, again, those top operators, not so much the new guys coming in the industry because they're happy yeah. just to get on board, 
But they actually said the first grant they brought in, which was the 20 or the 25, was enough. Yeah, yeah. They sort of felt like it could have been sustainable, but that extra grant almost put fuel on the fire. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I thought that was really interesting saying, because they're the ones benefiting. Yeah. But that, that shows that we weren't that far from being a bit healthier market. Yeah. We just needed that big push. So hopefully if they, if depending on things going WA, if they can get even a $7,000 grant on established mm. Um, that'd be just uh, amazing. Well, you, you look at this, which is naturally organically mm. happening here at the moment, plus you look at what's going on with the interest from people that were saying before mm. from eastern states to move across here. Um, plus know, iron ore prices that we were talking you know, about the other day. Iron ore, you know, we spoke about that on the phone the other day, Jess. You know, iron ore's yesterday hit 129 US yeah. a tonne. Now, put that in perspective for a lot of people, you know, three months ago it was back at $80-odd mm. a tonne. You know, 12 months ago it was back at $60 a tonne. Now, it, for Western Australia, this is really significant. Considering production, the production mm. costs through the downturn, they got them from about $60, $65 a tonne production down to $20 a tonne. Very lean. So the, 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 the profitability of these iron ore companies is just off the charts. Mm. I was saying before, you know, the amount of emails we've received this week from um, people in the eastern states just searching for um, rental properties mm. to come in. The mining companies are desperate for people. I mean, it's 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 this perfect once again, a mm. perfect storm in a good way, just building up mm. to to really. I think if you look at a slingshot to mm. to launch WA, we I, I'm confident with everything that's going on. As Shane was saying, this could well be the best market in Australia mm. in a very short period of time. I can feel your excitement, Ross. Oh, mate, yes. oh, we've put up with how many years of you know, WA, WA. Honest, honestly, we're back to give or take potentially in some areas fourteen years. Yeah. So imagine, and that's what I say to young buyers: like you've had. Mum and dad investors who have done the right thing, not gone on the cruises or yeah. less travelling, yeah. bought a property, had a property worth less 14 years later, mm. and you've got a free kick. Yeah. A th- yeah, yeah. You can get into the market, but <clears throat> don't let it miss out again because mm. you potentially would. Let me, put, let, me, let me just sum it up like this, right? So two years ago, Apple became the first trillion-dollar company. Mm. Yeah, two, right? now. two years ago. So it took them 14 mm. years on the stock market to hit a trillion dollars. It's taken them two years mm. to hit two trillion, mm. which happened the other day. So what I'm saying is, it's taken a long time for WA to build yeah. up some momentum. It's taken all these years, like mm. 14 years, and all these things to get there. Now that gap could close very quick. Yeah. And I'm going for mayor. I'm officially <laughs> launching. <laughs> That's, right. That's it. Basil, out, out of the way, yeah. mate. I'm doing it. I'm going there. <laughs> Vote one, Roscoe Mayor. <laughs> on that note. On that note. Where are we're going to bring on our guest for our good highlight? <laughs> Brad Triplett. Brad Triplett. I can see you just gagging to come on. Come down. Come, come on, on Brad. down. Sitting there by myself. I know. It's I know. You, now, uh, Brad Triplett, Arena Real Estate. Welcome, welcome. Thank we've you. We've spoken about you on this show more times than we've spoken about Shane. <laughs> so finally, it's good to have you here. Inner city specialist. We're obviously here in the middle of the city, so we thought, who better to have a chat to? Tell us what's going on. We've just talked about your market tell us tell us yeah i think we've done your job mate yeah well just just going back to what you said about um you know the last five or six years the the city market really has been we call it the ground zero of the of the downturn um josh and i quite often joke we're the we're the fire um fire brigade running into buildings trying to save people from their apartments because that's what it's been like um the amount of negative conversations we've had over the last five or six years um i've only really known a bad market um got in in 2013 when it was good followed josh around for a little bit but 14 Onwards, it was you know it was doing this. So um, to finally see a little bit of action around the city, and obviously prices aren't amazing for sellers, but from a buying 
perspective. Um, mm. First home buyers are really fueling our market at the moment. I reckon they're probably making up 80, mm. 85%. So um, to, for them to be able to actually be able to afford to come in and buy something in this location, five or six years uh, ago, you couldn't do that. So Tell me about the type of stock that you have, like would generally deal with is it very small apartments like what are you what are you selling yeah we sort of go from anything from you know these sky rises here at view to little boutique complexes but the the, the best performing part of the market's that sort of 250 to 500 mm. range which is where those first home buyers are yep. positioning yeah. themselves um you know the terrace road properties the, the million dollars um, plus stuff obviously they're still a little bit slower mm. and the market's quite small for that at the moment but that mid-range stuff, that's obviously quite affordable and, and that's moving really well. So Brad with, can I just ask, mm. Brad, with the first home buyers, obviously those that are, are, are buying because of the grants, they have to be owner-occupiers, don't they? Yes, there is a bit of a misconception mm. with these grants, that these new grants that have come mm. in place, yeah. we don't really get the full bulk of that for our buying market. Mm, yeah. You get mm. obviously get the $10,000 grant yeah. that's new. Um, our established market here is yeah. you're not getting anything. anything so no. I think there is a bit of a misconception mm, out there yeah. that, no, you're not mm. going to get that yeah. if you're buying a pass. It happens a bit, that. It's, mm. The problem is, I think, with that, and I think you'd agree, if you buy a brand new property today, you can obviously get the 10000 um, And before that was a real big bonus because you had nothing else. But the people that have been most penalised through the current situation is the person that bought a year-old property. Like, yeah. especially now with the stamp duty relief, like it's 75%, why would you buy one when one of them's got 75% stamp duty relief potentially? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it makes it pretty hard. And those conversations, knowing that you're walking into a listing where they paid 750 and you're walking in saying 550 and mm. it's undeniable, the data. Yeah, like, the, the established owners have been hit hard already yeah. and this, these new grants have probably yeah, put more pressure on. Yeah. Um, on them. So, And we did see it when those, new, mm. when those grants came in. We saw a shift from buyers looking that were really close to buying. Mm. All of a sudden, their attention was there, oh, yeah. and all of a sudden, our established owners are left with less choice. Yeah, so, yeah. and are those a lot of those first home buyers? Are they you know, from an only occupied through to invested thing, or are they? What's the split there, Brad? You know, for the first home owners, uh, invest well, investors. I don't know if there's any yeah, out there. From the, the, moment, you know, the young people buying, are yeah. they all looking to live there, or are they looking to buy and They're, rent? They've got a uh, actually quite a smart mentality. Most first time mm. buyers, they want to move in initially, but mm. their um, you know their future plan is yeah. to buy something that they can then rent out easily. First yeah. investment um, property. Yep, yeah. which I think is a good mindset. Mm. Yeah. But initially, it's move in. Okay, I think it's well, also good when you're dealing with the first home buyers. You can actually hand on heart when you're selling a property, believe they're buying at the right time, and they're buying a good first investment. Mm. Whereas sometimes you get properties like probably years ago, not so much now, that means pretty good buying. But you can actually say, look, you're better off with this because you'd be paying 400 a week rent and you're probably paying 330 a week to be in your own home. Yeah. Um, and I, I think what's happened with the rental market tightening up is buy, first home buyers have had to actually at least mm. look at buying yeah. when before they wouldn't and they're mm. going, actually, mm. if I can get a little deposit together, my yeah. repayments will be less. Yeah. So that attention shift has, has seen people actually realise, mm. yep, yeah, I can actually afford to buy. Yeah, yeah, because I guess mum and dad never kicked them out, typically never kicked them mm. out. Uh, and then the next step is the rents kept going down. So it wasn't like they had that wake-up call, but I say that to a few people, it's almost like the, the slap that going, okay, hang on, I should really think about this now. Yeah. It's taken mm. some time. But. Can I ask, what's the general, this might be a huge generalisation, but your kind of age group of a first-home buyer at the moment, is it, yeah, you know, what, what kind of is the average age of a first-home buyer? Well, it's funny, the city market used to be a heavily investor-dominated market mm. and obviously through the downturn it's, it's shifted. You know, a lot of the investors are cutting their losses. Um, the ones that can, and obviously with 
um, prices being much more affordable now, the younger professional mm. um, people, sort of you know anywhere from 21 up to you know, 35, that mm -hmm. younger professional demographic, they're the ones that have really you know come into the city and changed and changed that demographic quite mm -hmm. significantly. Has it helped that the city has kind of revitalised itself in the yeah, last that's what ten I was years? Because it used to be you've worked in the city, but now yeah, now there's so much to do. It leaves the city. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think apartment living in general has become more popular, mm. um, and yeah, I think the city of Perth have done a great job the last couple of years, and obviously that even the East Perth area we're in now, mm. they're going through a three-year transformation mm. phase. Obviously, mm. Optus Stadium was part of that, the bridge. Um, so I think the city is just a, a cooler place to to live. Mm. We're sort yeah. of catching up to. Places like Melbourne and Sydney. Right. You see, what interests me, you've seen the you know, young couples, professional people buying in the city, and obviously they work in the city, so that's mm. the thing. You've seen them sort of now saying, look, we don't need to own a car. And You've seen any of that sort of um, trend? I think every year that goes on, life seems to get a little bit busier as well. Yeah. So people are going, well, you know, do I want the, the house with the backyard? Do I need the car? I'm at the mm. office till 7 or 8 p.m. Mm -hmm. um, why don't I just move closer to where I'm working mm. and, and stroll yeah. home? So I think life's busier for a lot of people now so people are realizing you know in the in my time off i don't want to be traveling to and from work i want to be either or gardening having yeah, or gardening <laughs> having dinner or maybe going yeah. going on a holiday when mm. i can so yeah mm. i think it's a time thing yeah and that's yeah. why i think it's so important for a, a developer that they actually look at what's around the development i think mm. sometimes i think probably years gone by they've just gone does it work on a spreadsheet as opposed to who our likely clientele, who's going to buy this? Mm. What's their age demographic? What yeah. are they going to want? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that's the when they slap buildings up really quickly a few years back. They probably got guilty of just sweating the site because mm. it was R40. And we've seen that through yeah. Belmont, maybe Rivervale, those sort of areas, Cloverdale, where mm. they've just gone, what's the most we can put on it? Mm. And it might not be what suited the area. So. Yeah, and I think now buyers have got more choice. There's more choice in terms of the number of apartments available. So developers have had to get more creative mm. with mm. what they're actually putting in their yeah. complexes. And, and investors would have to think about that when they're buying as well, not just the people that are owner-occupiers. The investors aren't, aren't there, but I think, like you said, Brad, the, the buyers going, well, look, this isn't in my forever home. I've got a family, but would I be able to rent it or would I be able to sell it? Mm. Mm. Which is two things. And when I listen to 882, because I'm an old fuddy-duddy, um, they speak to one of the financial advisors there. And quite often he'll say to his clients, if you had your time over, would you buy it? Mm. And I think it's a really good question when you're talking about trying to quit a property. Mm. Would you do it again? Mm. Um, and if you can say yes, well, it's obviously turned out to be a good investment. Mm. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, again, some properties in the last few years, um, again, I, I think that's a really good example where there's too much of the same thing, mm. no competition. Like you wouldn't go and auction a certain property unless it was the bank doing it. Mm. Because they're just like, well, I don't, I'll just go that one. Mm. Yeah. There's no unique mm. selling point. Yeah. Mm. Beautiful. All right, guys, thank you very much. Great combo. Was, mm. that, was that intelligent? <laughs> it was. I, myself? I was impressed. Yes. Very impressed. Over to you. I'm so impressed that I'm giving you the host. You, you give me the reins. I'm giving you yes. the reins. It's uh, under the hood with Roscoe. So, so Brad, we ask a lot of questions. Um, this is where I get worried. <laughs> okay, about people, you know, just to learn a bit more about them. But, you know, you know, one of the questions is our biggest stuff up, you know, but Brad, I'm just going to go off piece here for a moment, you know, because it did I didn't come, give you permission to do it, that. It came out on um, social media the other week that, you know, you were nominated as one of the um, the sexiest real estate agents <laughs> in Australia. But Brad, you know, we, we know going beyond that, that it wasn't that long ago when um, The Bachelor was scouting you to, to get onto The Bachelor. And I believe even last week there was another text came through someone scouting you to be on another one of the dating shows. So, mate, 
Yeah, this is this is a yeah, this is quite a privileged thing. Yeah, Shane and I, we're privileged to be in the presence of <laughs> That's right. yeah, the sexiest real estate agent <laughs> in Australia. I'm going to cop it later. So, so, Brad, um, outside of all that, you know, we say what's the biggest stuff up. Is the biggest stuff up the fact you said yes or no? <laughs> well, I'm just going to leave it there. I think the biggest stuff up for me, I was thinking about this before I came here, maybe growing up, growing up in Mandra. Um, to, hey. put, to put it seriously, though, he's you're from, from Mandra. Pilsy's from Mandra. <laughs> and he doesn't have a license. He's but only 16. That's right. I was about to say it's only because <laughs> Sorry, Brad. Sorry, Brad. <laughs> Not legally. Thanks for the plug, Roscoe. I'm actually referring um, everything to my uh, PR manager, Lachlan Sinclair, now. So uh, oh, questions oh, to him, mate. Oh, okay. Lucky <laughs> okay. if you can let my PR company know that'd be good. <laughs> Biggest stuff up. I, I actually thought about this in terms of real estate. Um, my first year in real estate, I was sort of sh- uh, shadowing Josh around. Um, I was his, his, his you know, right-hand man for a while there. And he let me open one of his... He didn't get many listings on Terrace Road, million-dollar stuff, but he let me open it one day and the owners were living there. And um, he called me later that day and said, mate, did you, did you forget to close the door of that apartment? And I didn't just not lock the door. I left the door open with the door stopper in <laughs> to this 1.2 million dollar property and must have obviously mm. just left. And unfortunately, Josh, Josh, I can laugh about it now because I think I've paid him back a little bit, but um, he actually lost the listing because of that. So oh. that I would say is probably my biggest stuff up. Sorry, Jay. Didn't happen again. Um, yeah. I, Make sure I lock all the doors now. So okay. <laughs> a bit of a learning curve. Cool. Okay. Well, that's how we learn. Mate, next question is what are um, – now, this is – I love this question because it's to see the personality of <laughs> Three things you would not leave home without. I was giving this some thought as well. I'd actually – if mum's watching, my um, ring that mum gave me um, for my 18th birthday, white gold ring, she gave all us boys one of these and I'm the only one that – Where's theirs? So I actually do not leave anywhere without that. Even when I take it off to uh, to train and things, I'm always always searching for it. So there's that. Um, Last week we had a rock. Yeah, we, yeah, we did. Yeah, it's similar. Yeah, well, not yeah. similar. Shane, but... Penny, Shane Penny had a rock. Yeah. We got a ring. <laughs> Excellent, mate. I um, think the insurance bill on that one is slightly higher yeah, than Shane's rock. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's more insurable. <laughs> um, my watch. I actually don't wear my watch to tell the time, but I just like mm. the feel of it. Yeah. So I got a ring with that. What sort of watch you got, mate? Is it good? That's uh, a, a tag, actually. That tag, nice. Tag, yeah. tag, nice. nice. Um, got that for myself when I, when I turned 30. That was my 30th birthday. Yeah, nice. yeah, um, nice. And what's the other one? My sports bag. I, I'm a bit spontaneous with my workouts. If we forget 30 minutes there, I'll just jump into the gym and yeah. jump on the treadmill or something. So Cool. Well done for having three that we haven't heard before. Yeah, yeah like that, that was good. That was like good. That. I was going to say phone, sunglasses, wallet. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's very good, mate. So, mate, I know you don't have any bad habits. Yeah, I've known you for a long time. Um, so, but if you, if you did in the deep dark depths of Brad Triplett, what's your worst habit? It's, mate? it's an easy one. This one, I I don't know anyone's birthdays, even my mum and dad's. I know the month, but I just yeah. forget the date. That's yeah. what Facebook. I don't for. think many people do. I think when they get the alert on Isn't Facebook, it? if it's, someone's not on Facebook, yeah. I don't wish them happy birthday. Sorry, yes. I know. it's okay. not yeah, something true. I'm proud of, but it's uh, that's the truth. That's okay. Um, that's okay. So we can ask. It's the truth, mate. When you, when you're not at work, you know, you do work long hours, but when you are not at work. Where will we find you? If it's the morning, well. if it's the morning, it's probably something to do with coffee because I love coffee. Yeah, yeah. If it's the evening, it'll be something to do with Chardonnay because I love Chardonnay. Yeah. Oh, so probably, probably somewhere there. What? Wine drinker. Yeah. Cool. Coffee or Shardy. Easy. Okay. Good combo. Yeah, yeah, it is actually. You like Shardy, don't you, mate? 
I do. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Most of you say, mate, of all the sayings, what's something that you, you just go, oh, cringeworthy saying? My auctioneer just keeps saying this every single Your auction. auctioneer, he must be damn good. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Speak now or forever hold your peace. It's like, it's something new, but when I do say that, <laughs> it generally means we're close to hammer time, so I'll let it slide. I'll hammer, let it see? Speak now forever, hold your please. It's hammer time. <laughs> I don't reckon I'd use that one at home. I don't know it'd go well. No, no, no. Speak now forever, hold your peace. You'll get, yeah, exactly. You'll get peace, mate. And mate, the mate, this is this this next question is for the benefit of Shane and myself mm. and, and for Jess. But we steered up a, 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 a dead end road the other day, mate. Best place to go and get a meal. Favorite place. Favorite meal. Favorite dish. Whatever. I'm going to keep it local like everyone has been because I think it's important. Um, I'm pretty simple, actually. I love Italian and Bistro Bella Vista, which I've mm. been to with you, yeah. Roscoe, on um, Plain Street, where yeah. your car's parked. Yeah. Um, I hope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, they, they do amazing Italian food. Um, mm. Dine in? Dine in, yeah. yep. Yeah. Really nice people, um, Italians, obviously. But, yeah, I would say have a breath there. And what the about dish? You? What the dish? Anything there, pizza, pasta, anything. Okay. Have yeah. they got cutlets? If yeah, they got cutlets, Shane will be there now. I had, a cutlet, cutlet, for you. I had yeah. a cutlet for you the other day. It was very good. Where? At Post. Post. In the city. Their pork cutlet good. Yeah. on the bone? Yep. Rocks. We should have yeah. had a cutlet page. Yeah, we should. Yeah, let's do it. Cutlets of Perth. Oh, there's a Parmigiana one, but... Yeah, no, cutlet. let's do a cutlets page. Yeah. Um, best best coffee in Perth? Best coffee, yeah, best yeah. coffee. Best coffee in Perth. Mm, there's a few. Uh... Duotone on Hay Street, mm-hmm. just around the corner from here. And I'd have to say our local Flow Espresso, mm-hmm. which is, um, that's on Aberdeen Street. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. Best Chardonnay. Nice. Best Chardonnay, that's at Voyager Estate down south. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's so they probably sell it around here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In Vo- at Voyager, drinking Chardonnay there. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful. There you go. Were we okay? Yeah. Is that okay? We're not getting good. in trouble after? No. Okay, good. Okay. It's all right. We don't yeah. have the sound machine here today, so we you're lucky. Yeah, you're Alana, Alana's talking about Alana. We're talking Alana's about the machine. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's one, one of the same. Yeah, yeah. machine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's in mm. my car, actually. I should have bought it. Yeah. Um, that's just about a wrap-up. Yeah. yeah. Do you have a play of the week for I our think, final I think, segment? I think, I think we have, haven't we, mate? We do. We do have a very a friend big play of our, A friend of ours got married. Yeah. And for the first time ever... He's very, very quiet. Yeah. Very, very, very quiet. It is. The, indeed, the mercurial, yes. mercurial, Mr. Sean Hughes. Yes. Friend of the show. So Friend of the show. And now he's wandering out yonder. Yeah. No one knows where. No. Keeping the press he's away. He's gone, gone AWOL. Press has gone to looking <laughs> no for him. No one knows. Paparazzi are going up and down the coast. Where is Sean? He's been leaving a post yeah, yeah. two days after yeah, he leaves uh, the venue. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Smart. Very so, smart. I so like smart. that. So on Monday, he um, walked down the aisle. He did. And tell me, you both were attending waddled. the wedding. Who waddled. Uh, waddled, yes. Yeah. Who you can't say someone waddled down the he aisle. Waddled. Like that. He waddled. He was very nervous. nervous. Some say swagger, some's got waddled. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, who got uh, the play of the day at the wedding? Well, I, I, I've got to say, I've got to say. <laughs> Old mate here, he got play of the day. I think I think it's fair to say that um, Mr Beaumont, you... Yeah. <laughs> Shane seems stressed. <laughs> you, you enjoyed every element, every ounce Every yeah. bit of food, every bit of alcohol that was there, right. you you were the chief sampler of the day. It was the first time, Sean. <laughs> Here we go. First time a drink's been on Sean since I've known him. Yeah, yeah. And I lived yeah. with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> beautiful. So, no, it, was, it was a great day. It was a wonderful, beautiful wedding, and yep. um, it's great to see a, a great person marry such a beautiful lady. Yep. 
beautiful. And yeah. I'm glad you've both recovered by now. <clears throat> yeah, Tuesday was dusty, but anyway, <laughs> we're here today. That's it. Episode number 13 in the can. We've done it. We have. We've overcome um, our unlucky, the unlucky number 13. Is there a level 13 in this building? Because you know, we'll the casinos in Las Vegas, the there's no level there's 13. No 13, no. Yeah. yeah. There you go. I learned the other day that in China they do not have a level four. Level four. Number four. Is number four lucky. sounds like yeah. death. Interesting. The other day I was negotiating with an offer, and they went in at one o, one o three eight eight eight. Yeah. Owner come back at one eight 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 eight. He's like, if you like it that much, yeah. come for another one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Quite there you funny. go. Yeah, there you okay. go. Chris didn't, didn't go through. Yeah. I know, we're winding, we're winding. Um, thank you again to the team at Finbar and Real Estate 88 for having us at View Tower, beautiful mm. location. Thanks, Brad, for your time. Thanks for coming, Brad. Coming and joining us on the couch. Any topics or anything you want to share with us, please hit us up on the Facebook page. And, and results. Results. And that's it. Yeah. We'll see Done. you for episode 14. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye.